The UEFA Champions League returned with 54 goals on match day one. On Tuesday, Barcelona got the better of Juventus, inspired by this man. Absolutely brilliant once again from Lionel Messi. Still providing moments of absolute magic. It's another brilliant Barcelona goal. 3-0 at the camp now and at Old Trafford, where Basel were beaten. And Rashford makes it 3-0 to Manchester United, a kiss of the badge, a wave to the crowd, and Manchester United open up in the UEFA Champions League group stage with what looks like being a resounding victory here. Then on Wednesday, Tottenham Hotspur ended their Wembley hoodoo with an impressive win over Borussia Dortmund. Harry Kane with time to take a touch, and Harry Kane to fire into the far corner. His second goal of the game, Tottenham lead Dortmund by three goals to one at Wembley. And is this Spurs making a statement at the start of the UEFA Champions League? Whilst at Anfield, Sevilla came from behind to earn a valuable point against Liverpool. Correa, equaliser for Sevilla. Immediate impact from the substitute, Luis Muriel feeding a pass into the path of Joaquim Correa and it is Liverpool 2, Sevilla 2. Elsewhere there were match day one wins for Bayern, Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea, Sporting, Cieska, Manchester City, Shakhtar, Besiktas and the holders Real Madrid. We'll hear from key players and head coaches including Unai Emery, Romelu Lukaku, Jordan Henderson and Harry Kane right here on the official UEFA Champions League podcast. Hello, I'm Rob Daly, and there's a lot to get through after an exhilarating start on match day one. European football expert Andy Brassel uh, is with me. Andy, so many goals, so many early goals, especially on Wednesday as well. Uh, it, it hasn't disappointed the UEFA Champions League. No, it absolutely hasn't. And we've had some real surprises tonight as well with uh, Tottenham, for a lot of people, the third team in that group, getting off to an absolute flyer against Dortmund, a really well-judged um, performance which I, th I think showed a, a lot of a learning from the UEFA Champions League. They looked more experienced than they were and of course Shakhtar Donetsk being Napoli who are a lot of people's dark horses too. Brilliant result for them. Let's go through all of match day one's results. On Tuesday Group A Manchester United 3, Basel 0, Benfica 1, Tieska Moskva 2. Group B Celtic 0, Paris Saint-Germain 5, Bayern 3 and elect 0. Group C, Roma nil, Atletico nil, Chelsea six, Carabag nil, and in Group D, Olympiacos two, Sporting three, Barcelona three, Juventus nil. Wednesday, Group E, Liverpool two, Sevilla two, Maribor one, Spartak Moskva one, Group F, Shakhtar Donetsk two, Napoli one, Feyenoord nil, Manchester City four, Group G, Leipzig one, Monaco one, Porto one, Besiktas three, and in Group H, Real Madrid three, Apoel nil, Tottenham three, Borussia Dortmund one. Uh, well, let's start our review with Tuesday's action in Group D with Barcelona against Juventus at the Camp Now, watched by John Bradley. Messi takes over, Messi's shot, it is a magnificent Barcelona goal. It's gone from one end of the field, started by Piquet, on by Dembele. 
Messi to Suarez, back to Messi, and into the far corner. Scintillating stuff. Barcelona won, Juventus nil, and that was just class. Right-hand side, and it comes to Messi. Inside the penalty, Messi across the face of goal, and it comes to Rakitic. It's 2-0 to Barcelona. They seize the initiative in the game, and they have themselves a second goal. It was only half cleared by Barzali, and Ivan Rakitic arriving right on the penalty spot, strokes home with his left foot. It's Barcelona 2, Juventus 0. It's Iniesta. It's on to Lionel Messi. He's got Dembele just inside him. Messi uses him as the decoy and strokes the ball home. Absolutely brilliant once again from Lionel Messi. In his 30s now, but still providing moments of absolute magic. It's another brilliant Barcelona goal. It's Barcelona 3, Juventus 0. We didn't see this scoreline coming. We certainly didn't. John Bradley with the commentary there. The headline in the Italian newspaper, Gazzetta dello Sport, stunned by Messi. Superb from Messi. Two goals, one for Rakitic. Head coach Ernesto Valverde knows from experience how Messi can hurt Barca's opponents. I suffered a lot when Messi was the opponent. I'm lucky now to have him in my team. We know that when he gets the ball, something good can happen. Today we could see how he found the space to score the goal when nobody else could see it. But what I highlight most about him is not only the number of goals he scores, but also his influence on the rest of the team. Simply brilliant uh, from Lionel Messi. Andy Brassels alongside me. Andy, do you think anything... Um, Messi's brilliant performance, individual performances of late. Has anything to do with Neymar departing and Messi feeling a sense of responsibility to do more for the team? I think that's part of it, certainly. He's stepped up in the early weeks of the season and he's grabbed every single game by the scruff of the neck. I don't think there can be any argument about that. But of course, he's somebody who's inspired by the, the biggest stage. And, you know, going into the 2009 final, there were people saying he's never scored against an English club. And, well, that, that prompted an absolute avalanche. And then, after that, you had the fact that he'd never scored against Gianluigi Buffon. And then he got past that in an in incredible style. He's all about breaking records and, and about overturning ob obstacles. That is what he is, he is all about. But you know what? I think it was a great team performance as well. You know, because of Neymar going, people have looked so much about what Barcelona have lost. Well, what about what they gained, actually, this summer? They gained a terrific right-back in Nelson Semedo. When before, there wasn't a really a proper successor to Dani Alves, not quite of that calibre. And Nelson Semedo was brilliant, I thought, last night. And Ivan Rakitic, when he's playing, when he's playing well, it makes an enormous difference to Barcelona. First start as well for Ousmane Dembele. Should Juve be too concerned? They were without... Uh, Chiellini missing a few key uh, players in fact do you think Max Allegri will be too concerned by the, the scoreline and performance well it's not a great start he demands very very high standards um, but he'll still back them to, to get out of the group and he'll back them to give Barcelona a game at the J Stadium as well because that's something that they're always very very good at doing of course they had a few notable absentees and you know I think the mix is still taking shape post Bonucci yeah. different shape to the team but they'll get there 
Uh, so Barcelona 3, Juventus 0, Olympiacos 2, Sporting 3 in the same group. Thrilling game. Uh, Phil Blacker joins us on the show now as well. And Phil, you were commentating uh, on this game. Uh, on paper, it isn't perhaps the most exciting fixture of all of those over the UEFA Champions League week, but you had a real treat in Piraeus. It was. I, I was always quite hopeful that it would be an open game, given the, the way that both teams uh, prefer to play. Yeah. It, it certainly turned, turned out that way, but we were expecting Olympiacos so strong at home to be the dominant force. They were 3-0 down by half-time. Could easily have been 5 or 6. The, the frame of the goal was struck a couple of times. And even now, looking back, that you know the, the full-time score does not really reflect the game at all because just seconds before um, Olympiacos got one back right at the end, Bastos had hit the crossbar having come on with, with a header that probably should have made it 4-0. And then a, a minute later, it, it was suddenly 3-2. And the second goal from, from Felipe Pardo, the second of his late cameo double that the Colombian well, was effectively the last kick of the game. So it, it was always going to be too little too late by that stage for Olympiacos, who, who paid the price, I think, for being too open in that first half. They played Fortunas at the captain as an extra attacker uh, and then rectified that in the second half. They were much more solid, much stronger, but by then the damage had been done and Sporting were able to celebrate, I think, a really significant success in that group, particularly given that it features Juventus and Barcelona. First away win for them in the competition proper in uh, in nine years. And something that Jorge Jesus has always had to contend with in Portugal is that he doesn't take the UEFA Champions League seriously enough. Well, he put out a team to win last night and they really went for it. You could say they were aided a bit by Olympiacos tactics, but they were really attacking in that first half. And I think you look at the, the performance really at, at Sebastian Coates. He's a central defender for goodness sakes. And he provided a wonderful assist for Bruno Fernandes. He could have scored himself. And that really spoke to me about their whole mindset. When we really love to watch your Jesus sides is when they attack. And they certainly did that. And if they carry on doing this for the rest of the group, even against Barcelona and Juventus, well, it's, it's going to be fantastic. I want to see more Sebastian Quartas one-on-ones uh, through this competition. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, so Sporting, you started with Dumbia instead of uh, Bastos, surprisingly. He scored, though, and it's a win for Sporting. Second in the group behind Barcelona, Olympiacos and Juve looking for their first points. Olympiacos go to Juve next, so some points will be taken there. Uh, Barca go to Sporting on match day two. Our second feature match on Tuesday saw Manchester United return to the competition at home to Basel. Commentary here from Adam Summerton. Young with a cross from the right. Great ball for Laney's header. And Manchester United take the lead at Old Trafford. It has been coming. And Fellaini honours a substitute for Paul Pogba. Rose highest inside the area to plant it home. Manchester United 1, Basel 0. In comes the cross and there's the second goal for Manchester United. And it's Romelu Lukaku who heads home from all of six or seven metres out. And in the rain in Manchester, United on their return to the UEFA Champions League have doubled their advantage. Manchester United 2, Basel 0. Romani on the right-hand edge of the area, pulls over across, Mkhitaryan missed it, Rashford didn't. And Rashford makes it 3-0 to Manchester United, a kiss of the badge, a wave to the crowd, a leap up into the air in celebration. And Manchester United open up in UEFA Champions League group stage with what looks like being a resounding victory here. Manchester United 3, Basel 0. It just seems right to have UEFA Champions League football back at Old Trafford. Marouane Fellaini on for the injured Paul Pogba, scored the first. Uh, Lukaku and Rashford with the others. Let's hear from the United goalkeeper, David De Gea, and first goal scorer, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, I'm just delighted with the win for the team. The football was not great, but uh, we won, uh, that's the most important thing. Yes, of course, we have a good uh, offensive team and good defensive team as well. Uh, I think we, 
we defend really well. They didn't create a lot of chances, so I think we, we did a really, really good job. Uh, David Ahea and Romelu Lukaku there. Jose Mourinho felt his side played PlayStation football at the time, so I don't think he was too happy about that. Um, but he's got to be happy with the win, Andy Brassel. Three points up and running. I think he has. And it was always going to be difficult to break through simply as Basel, A, were going through a bad run, and B, I think partly because of that, came to Old Trafford to defend. And United are always expected to entertain in a, a, a certain way. They're better equipped to do that this season. They've got more uh, pace in the final third, and Lukaku, of course, is, is a huge part of that. But I, th I think bringing Martial to the fore is, is really, really important as well. It was great that he started the game and um, th that he makes an impression. But it, it was funny how the injury worked for them, really, how poor Pogba going off is ostensibly a really huge blow. And then they end up scoring a goal through Fellaini that only Fellaini scores, that <laughs> Pogba doesn't score. Exactly. And that was crucial in them breaking through and then being being free to, to play and attack a little bit more. It was always going to be cracking the game, game open so that there wasn't too much tension around the occasion. Doing that before half-time, I felt, was imperative. And they've got off to a great start. And I think especially when you look elsewhere in the group, that Benfica, who I would say were the other favourite for the group, didn't get off to a good start. Such an important three points for Manchester United. And I feel we almost take Marcus Rashford for granted now. We assume he's a top-level striker. Well, still we assume he scores on his debut, and we're right to assume <laughs> that. 19 years old still, Andy. That's right. And a scorer on his Premier League debut, uh, on his England debut, on his UEFA Champions League debut. It's astonishing, isn't it? Not bad at all. Uh, so Marcus Rashford with the final goal there as United won uh, 3-0. Elsewhere in that group, uh, Benfica won, Cieska Moskva 2. 19-year-old, another 19-year-old in, Jemalat Dinov uh, came off the bench to score the winner, having scored the winner in the league in his first start uh, for the Russian side. Uh, big victory. Seferovic scoring for Benfica, the opener. Andy, as someone who covers Portuguese football, how disappointing is this uh, for uh, for Benfica? Very disappointing for them because they're hoping and expecting to qualify from the group. But this is a, a major setback. And um, they got away with it on Friday night against uh, Porto Menens. They, they, they didn't play brilliantly and uh, they could easily have, have dropped points in that game, but they managed to win in the end. They didn't really heed that warning. Um, I, I think once they went 1-0 up, um, having had a lot of the game, um, that, that they really took their foot off the pedal a bit and Siska took really full advantage of that and um, you know it, it was uncharacteristically sleepy from, from Benfica but now they've got an awful lot of work to do to get through. Uh, they definitely do um, because they're third in the group now, Basel bottom, Tieska Moskva second, United top United take on the Russian side uh, on match day two in Moscow, Wednesday the 27th of September, Benfica will go to St. Jakob Park to take on Basel. Uh, let's look at Group B now. Uh, Celtic nil, Paris Saint-Germain five. Brilliant stuff uh, from the French team. Uh, head coach Unai Emery says his team is focused on the campaign ahead. We have learnt from the past, from what happened last year in the competition. We have worked really hard within the team to improve things. Teamwork comes before anything else. It's all about people working together. As far as the performance is concerned, I'm really, really happy. It's a mixture of happiness and a feeling of calm. We are really confident that we can continue the journey we have started. The win was good for our confidence and it is positive because we know that there will be more difficult times to come. So this is a good step forward to prepare for those difficult times. 
the MCN sends a message. It's the headline in the uh, newspaper Le Presium, um, where the writer of the article, Patrice Loco, very excited, called it a fireworks display from Paris Saint-Germain. All three of those players in, in Neymar, Mbappe and Cavani scoring Cavani with two. Um, Andy, how, how do you think they've developed such a good understanding after a few minutes of action together? Because they're the best there is and because they're very complementary, I think. Um, it was interesting to read and hear discussion um, as Mbappe got set to complete his move. Would this push Cavani out to, to the yeah. wing again, as had happened under Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Clearly, that wasn't going to be the case. Cavani was always going to be the centre forward here, which is how he's really flourished since he's he's moved into that central position all the time. I think it's partly psychological, um, but it's, it's really worked for him. Of course, he scored 49 last season. Uh, Neymar likes to come in from the left, and Mbappe, I know from speaking to for UEFA Champions League weekly last season, just he loves playing around a fixed centre forward because he says it gives him the freedom to attack down either side. We know him and Neymar can swap. And that's what Celtic found so hard to get a grip on. I mean, Cavani's enough of a handful on his own, but then you've got Neymar and Mbappe and you don't know where they're going to pop up. And they're fast and they're great on the ball and they're great finishers. I mean, it's impossible to, to cope with, but eight games in four days is still pretty spectacular. This isn't a case of just signing the best players and shoving them in then. You feel there's no. a real purpose to the business that they've done in signing those two players? Yeah, there absolutely is. There's, there's design. Um, just as there was design in MSN before that, I, I yes. think, like yeah. to, to provide more physical players to allow Messi space to, to do his thing. But yeah, they're so perfectly complimentary they're great signings there's no getting away from it the doubts were further back in the team but as I said earlier I thought Alphonse Adiola in goal and Adrian Rabio in midfield showed that you know Unai Emery can be confident in the rest of his team as well and it needs to be a collective effort maybe that's what they lacked in the second leg of, of, of Barcelona where there was that comeback that they suffered and until they get beyond that point in the UEFA Champions League you know they're never going to feel better about it P yeah. perhaps I'll never feel better about it anyway but you know they'll, they'll never get over that and be able to really put it in the past but I mean this was a huge statement and we talked about a night on which teams and a week in which teams needed to make huge statement, statements Barcelona Tottenham Paris Saint-Germain were one of those and they did it really, really well. In my head, it's almost a different team to the one that did lose that Barcelona game by signing these two players. It feels like a whole new thing for some reason. It does, it's real ambition. Yeah, great win for Paris Saint-Germain. Bayern 3-0 winners against Anderlecht. Uh, Lewandowski with the penalty, Thiago and Kimmich with the others. Sven Koeman sent off early for Anderlecht uh, in giving away the penalty for Lewandowski. But Andy, this, it, this still seems um, something not quite right at Bayern in terms of the intensity with which they play is that fair to a fair comment after they win 3-0 against Anderlecht I'm really harping back to their weekend loss to Hoffenheim I suppose uh, well I, I think it is because I think you look at the way that Carlo Ancelotti reacted to it and said it wasn't a great performance you look at the way Iron Robin reacted to it afterwards and he said well when we were 1-0 up we played like we were 5-0 up and we need that to show exactly what it was like actually, we, we, yeah. we need to show more more passion was the, the word he used. He said the fans deserve that. So I think that there's always internal and external dialogue uh, uh, by Munich from a number of different parties, the players, the board, the coach, and they find their way to work it out. I think that's why their fans can be confident. But Carlo Ancelotti, I think, went into this 
game. Picking a really good, ambitious team, actually, with a lot of attacking players in it. You know, you look Lewandowski, Robin, Ribery, James, Tolisso, even Thiago Alcantara, who, who scored the second goal. Um, so I think it was the right way to approach it against Anderlecht. But that said, it, it's, it's a different side. I wonder if this is possible to maintain when you get deeper in the competition, if you can be that open against the very biggest sides in the competition. And goodness knows we've been talking about some absolute huge, huge, huge sides so far. Um, but I think that intent to attack is at least a, gives a possibility that they can turn the corner and get closer to their best. Uh, so Bayern go to Paris Saint-Germain next on Wednesday the 27th of September. The two top teams in the group, Celtic, uh, travel to Belgium to take on Anderlecht. In Group C, Roma Atletico finished 0-0 somehow. Atletico were completely dominant there in the Italian capital and should have won it probably. While Chelsea beat Carabag 6-0, Pedro Zapacosta, Athpilicueta, Bakayoko and Batshuayi among the scorers. Uh, Seth Fabregas says it was a positive return to the competition. We've been waiting for a long time to be back uh, playing Champions League and, uh, you know, finally it arrived. You know, it's a good performance, good result. You never know if these goals can count at the end of the group stage. So, you know, we just uh, keep going now. Great start against the competition debutants uh, for Chelsea. Quick one, Andy. Do you think Antonio Conte has something to prove in this competition as a, as a head coach? Well, he clearly does because he's got one quarter-final behind him and, and that's all you know that's not the uh, anything to match for example his um his successor at Juventus Massimiliano Allegri um but you know he's someone who's, who's proved himself smart in knockout competitions like he was in UEFA Euro 2016 what interested me here is the fact that he makes so many changes and it worked because I think people thought Chelsea's recruitment was good but maybe the squad was a bit thin yeah. maybe this is the first step towards proving that wrong a uh, win for Chelsea, which puts them top of the group. They go to Atletico next. What a game that is at Atletico's new stadium. Carabag will host Roma on Wednesday, the 27th of September. Uh, next on the show, we're going to um, uh, have analysis and reaction from Wednesday's games. European football is more diverse and multicultural than ever. Our competitions and grassroots projects feature players and fans from all backgrounds. And for UEFA, it's important to communicate that football is for all. Respect is a social responsibility initiative launched in 2008. For the last four years, this initiative has featured the message, no to racism. UEFA is now evolving and expanding this message in an effort to promote inclusion, diversity and accessibility across not only ethnicity, but also gender, age, sexual orientation, all abilities and social backgrounds. The new campaign gives all football lovers in Europe a voice to share what football means to them. The new Respect campaign is called Equal Game because everyone is entitled to enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how you play. On the pitch, we're all the same. You're listening to Matchday Live with Andy Brassel and me, Rob Daly. Our review of Wednesday's Matchday 1 action begins at Wembley, where Tottenham started their Group H campaign against Borussia Dortmund. Phil Blacker, watch this one. Son still has it and then goes for goal himself and scores sensationally. Son young men for Tottenham. It hasn't taken long. They lead inside of four minutes at Wembley. And then an excellent shot from range. Flies into the top corner. It's 1-1. It's Yarmolenka. Kane's going to go for goal. And Kane will score. Another wonderful strike for Spurs. And they're back in front at Wembley. 
Harry Kane with time to take a touch, and Harry Kane to fire into the far corner and extend the Tottenham lead. His second goal of the game, Tottenham lead Dortmund by three goals to one at Wembley. And is this Spurs making a statement at the start of the UEFA Champions League? Uh, superb from Tottenham. What a night for them at Wembley. Uh, let's hear from the Spurs cap now. Uh, manager Mauricio Pochettino, but first Harry Kane. Yeah, it's massive, you know, uh, nights like this uh, at Wembley. Uh, we've got to take advantage of it. We said last season we don't do well at home and that was kind of the downfall in the Champions League. And uh, to play a tough team like Dortmund uh, and to win 3-1 and probably have a couple more chances as well, I thought we played uh, very, very well and uh, it was a more experienced performance from us. I think very happy to play again Dortmund. Great team. Um, I think it was, was fantastic for us. It's true that they they dominate uh, the first half, uh, but uh, I think we were more clinical and create more chance uh, than them. Uh, on the second half, we increase our level, and I think the game uh, was under control in the second half. But uh, I think to congratulate the player because the effort was fantastic. Again, a very very good team. Uh, brilliant from uh, Pochettino's team. He got it tactically spot on. Uh, Phil Blacker, our commentator for the game. How important do you think that was for Tottenham? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Wembley, I'm thinking you wait for Champions League and I'm thinking Harry Kane on this stage as well. Hugely important for uh, for, for all of those reasons. Mauricio Pochettino making that point. He called it more than uh, than three points because now it will take the, the focus off their, their struggles at Wembley. They've got the, the Wembley win. It's going to be important, he says, to, to build the, the trust and belief between the, the players and supporters that they can replicate this sort of performance. They've done it now against an outstanding opponent in Borussia Dortmund at Wembley. So it's should no longer be an issue for their season but equally important it's getting off a winning start for the first time in the, in the UEFA Champions League against a team that is likely to be a direct rival of course for qualification Harry Kane proving he can score goals at this level stepping up now to, to double his tally in the UEFA Champions League four in four for him on this stage it will give him confidence it will give Spurs confidence it really sets up the the rest of the group for them but it's equally damaging for Borussia Dortmund as well of course and for Peter Bosch who admitted at the key moments in a game he felt they controlled uh, they, they weren't at their best they didn't defend those uh, early opportunities for Tottenham who had probably three chances in the first half and scored two of them so Spurs were, were clinical at one end they were solid at the other you can't really get too much better than that on opening night yeah they were terrific and I think the fact that Pochettino has had this idea to commute to a three-man defence and it's worked so instantly because they were terrific at Everton at the weekend as well. They came under a lot more pressure tonight. So to see how they held up to that as a three and how Davinson Sanchez held up to that is only in his second full game for Spurs, I think is, is incredible. But I thought Dortmund's tactics played into their hand a little bit. We know they can be a little bit over-aggressive Peter Bosch teams and, and that proved to be the case at again tonight. Uh, Borussia Dortmund will host Real Madrid next. They beat Apoel 3-0 with Cristiano Ronaldo scoring twice and Ramos scoring the other. Business as usual for them. Big game for Dortmund now hosting them next, Phil. A huge game for Dortmund to try and find some sort of response to what was their first real setback under Peter Bosch. First time that they considered goals, of course, this season uh, under the, the new coach and now against the Real Madrid side who they drew with twice, I think, 2-2 last season and finished above in the group. But this defeat at Wembley is going to make that task all the, the tougher now. <laughs> it's some, some fixture to try and respond in, isn't it? OK, Phil, get thinking about your man of the match. I think I know who it might be. Uh, but Spurs go to Apoel next, Tuesday the 26th of September on match day two uh, Dortmund host Real Madrid as I mentioned there uh, our second feature match on Wednesday saw Liverpool entertain Sevilla at Anfield Steve Wyeth was the commentator for this one Lovren's missed it 
Sevilla have snatched the lead inside five minutes. Chaotic Liverpool defending, perhaps, but Vissam Ben Yedda was on hand to tap in from close range. Moreno swapping passes with Henderson. Moreno's cross, and Firmino's got the equaliser from Liverpool. And a massive deflection has sent Mo Salah's shot looping beyond the reach of Sergio Rico. And with a huge slice of luck, Liverpool come from behind to lead Sevilla by two goals to one. And it is Firmino who steps up to take the penalty for Liverpool. And he strikes the outside of the left post. Correa! Equaliser for Sevilla. Immediate impact from the substitute. Luis Muriel feeding a pass into the path of Joaquim Correa. And he guided it beyond Carrius into the back of the Liverpool net. And it is Liverpool 2, Sevilla 2. Clearance forward, finds its way to Muriel. Is it Muriel? A chance to win it, wasted by Luis Muriel, and Liverpool breathe a huge sigh of relief. Uh, so it finished 2-2, thrilling end-to-end encounter. We'll speak to Steve Wyeth in a moment, but first let's hear from Liverpool's manager and their captain, Jurgen Klopp, but first, Jordan Henderson. That's what we wanted to start like. We wanted to win the ball back quickly, especially at home, get the crowd behind us. And I felt as though we did that. Like I see a little bit unlucky with the goal, but the lads reacted brilliantly uh, to come back and score a couple of goals and then could have scored up to the penalty as well. So I think overall there's still a lot of positives to come out of the game, but a little bit disappointed that, we, like I say, we haven't took the three points. I know already that we could have done it better, that we could have um, created more chances. So. A lot of things which we can work on, but in football you you just you try to go for perfection and never get it. But in a few parts it was really good. It was a fantastic night. It was um, an exciting game. I think um, everybody in the stadium saw already in his life a boring football game. That was pretty much the opposite of this. And it's also something I think um, we are ready um, for the Champions League, the whole club. But we are not perfect. So, but we try. Don't even know if Jurgen Klopp knows he's funny half the time, but he is. Uh, Joe Gomez was sent off uh, late on as well for Liverpool for his second bookable offence. Uh, Steve Wyeth was our commentator for this one. Steve, your thoughts uh, now a little, a little while after full time? Well, the frailties in defence, the lack of ruthlessness up front is what costs Liverpool three points tonight. It probably means they won't win the UEFA Champions League this season, but they will provide us with great entertainment along the way, Rob. In the first half, they were exceptional. The intensity, the energy, it was an absolutely thrilling first 45 minutes. Liverpool led 2-1. If it wasn't for the Firmino penalty miss, they'd have been leading 3-1 at the break. And you'd have backed them to see it out from there. But uh, Sevilla had an awful lot more control control in the second half and slowly but surely they managed to take over and uh, they created that chance it was brilliantly taken by Correa they had the opportunity to win it through Muriel and the reactions at full time told you everything you needed to know no poker faces Liverpool 24 shots seven and seven of them on target their frustrations clear to see Sevilla's celebrations told you everything you needed to know about how important they think a point might just be yeah absolutely it was brilliant at Anfield there was also great drama at Maribor Spartak Spartak 1-0 up before Boha's late equaliser five minutes from the end uh, ending Maribor's long goal drought of around 340 minutes Liverpool go to Spartak 
next, uh, Steve Ward. I mm. suppose that draw in Slovenia is quite a good result for Liverpool and, and Sevilla. Oh, that'll soften the blow massively for, for Liverpool. Uh, like I say, I think Sevilla were happy with the point at Anfield and they will sense that, that a point away to Liverpool gives them control of the group if we are looking at Liverpool and Sevilla as the favourites to progress because they will fancy in front of their own fans that they can get the better of Liverpool. So both teams will be satisfied that the other game was a draw as well. It sets it up for the for the rematch between these two on match day five to be very special indeed. Yeah, can't wait for that. Steve, thanks. We'll get your man, ma man of the match in a moment. Uh, Sevilla host Maribor next. In Group G, by the way, RB Leipzig made their UEFA Champions League debut with a 1-1 draw against last season's semi-finalists Monaco. Both goals coming in a two-minute spell. Forsberg with the opener. Tielemans with the equaliser on 34 minutes. Brilliant drama in Germany. Uh, Leipzig up and running. Uh, the bad news for those sides, I suppose, is that Besiktas got a 3-1 win at Porto. What a result. Zheng Tosun and Ryan Barber with the goals that essentially decided uh, that fixture. Porto go to Monaco next. Very evenly balanced group. Uh, Manchester City 4-0 winners at final tonight, Andy Brassel. Rather impressive. That's right, and they started so well, and it made the difference scoring those goals in the first two minutes, knocking the stuffing out of what was a very buoyant young Feyenoord side at the beginning. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, two one winners over Napoli as well. Great result for them ahead of match day two when they travel to Manchester City. Uh, Phil Blacker, before we go, can we get a man of the match? Spurs Dortmund. Has to be uh, Harry Kane, doesn't it? Called the first goal one of the, the best of his career. Pochettino's called him one of the best strikers in the world. Son called him a machine. Another double at <laughs> six goals in September already for, for club and country. Steve, your man of the match from Anfield, please. On the night of so many chances, I'm going to give it to a goalkeeper, Sergio Rico. A couple of really crucial saves that ultimately earned his team a point. OK, Steve, thank you very much. Andy, Phil, thank you to you as well. That's all we have time for on Match Day Live. What a superb start uh, to the group stage on Tuesday. Barcelona, so impressive against Juventus for their win. Same for Manchester United against Basel. And then on Wednesday, Harry Kane was the difference as Spurs swept aside Borussia Dortmund 3-1 at Wembley. At Anfield, Sevilla spoiled the party for Liverpool on their return to the UEFA Champions League. Uh, join us from 1930 CET on Tuesday the 26th and Wednesday the 27th of September. Live action from this competition once again. So much drama, but for now from Andy Brassel, Steve Wyeth, Phil Blacker and myself Rob Daly, it is goodbye. of absolute magic. It's another brilliant Barcelona goal. And Rashford makes it 3-0 to Manchester United. A kiss of the badge, a wave to the crowd. And Manchester United open up in UEFA Champions League group stage with what looks like being a resounding victory here. Kalea, equaliser for Sevilla. Immediate impact from the substitute, Luis Muriel, feeding a pass into the path of Joaquim Correa. It is Liverpool 2, Sevilla 2. Harry Kane with time to take a touch. And Harry Kane to fire into the far corner. His second goal of the game. Tottenham lead Dortmund by three goals to one at Wembley. And is this Spurs making a statement at the start of the UEFA Champions League? You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.